Thanks everybody for tuning into the Shore Thing here on it is July 13th. Warren Shore and Ryan Silva here as always. And we have a special guest today that is uh, Colton Heisey. Uh, he caddies on the Corn Ferry Tour for Grace and Sig and also uh, does some uh, cornhole, professional cornhole on the side. So uh, it's going to be a very fascinating interview. Uh, and that's so thanks Colton for joining us on this Monday night as you get ready for another uh, another week on the old uh, corn ferry tour yeah thanks for having me uh, looking forward to another week out here uh, it's plenty hot here in San Antonio it's been like 105 the last four or five days so uh, definitely definitely ready for another week here to get kicked off whose uh, idea was it to go back-to-back weeks in San Antonio uh, I don't know, but whoever whoever it was, we should probably talk to him. Middle of July in San Antonio for back-to-back weeks on the same open golf course is definitely not ideal for uh, for us as caddies, and I definitely know the players don't uh, don't love it either. They definitely wish they were wearing shorts out there for sure. Are you a sun sleeve and bucket hat guy, or what do you? Uh, yeah, what? yeah. I mean, I wear the sun sleeves. I don't wear the bucket hat. I don't go full bore there, but uh, definitely definitely wearing the sun sleeves when it's over a hundred. That's for sure. Try and, I try and wear them in most of the tournament rounds, practice rounds. I'll let my arms get a little color. I just, I, we were talking on uh, our show on Friday, how I was telling Ryan, cause he spends a lot of time out for baseball in the summer. And I was, I just got on the sun sleeves this year and it's a, just telling him how it's a game changer. Definitely a game changer, especially for uh, if you're a sweater, definitely keeps you cooled down. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm a big time sweater, so I, I uh, definitely am checking out those uh, sun sleeves. I don't know if you can see. I got the sick watch tan there. I got a good farmer's tan going, so uh, you know how that goes. But uh, so that'll limit that a little bit as well with the sun sleeves. But I, I know we Warren and I have golfed with a, a couple guys before that that warm, and I just thought they were just you know to keep your skin cool, uh, not let the sun directly on it. But when he was explaining to me on Friday, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely got to get on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with you on the, the watch tan, we just got the whoop bracelet out here on tour a couple of weeks ago. So oh, nice. When I finally take this thing off, I'm going to have a heck of a tan line, that's for sure. Didn't they make it yeah. Didn't they make it mandatory for you guys to get, uh, start wearing whoops? Uh, not mandatory, but the PJ Tour uh, inked a deal with whoop, mm. and they gave uh, – I think they bought a 1,000 of them, and they have uh, lifetime memberships for us. So we have the ability to wear them, and – Obviously, I mean, no reason not to take advantage of it. I mean, it tracks a lot of really cool stuff and shows you your recovery and kind of helps you out as far as baselines for all of that, your sleep and everything. And obviously, it tracks your respiratory rate. So with everything going on with COVID, that's kind of the benefit that uh, the PGA Tour saw with Whoop. Uh, Nick Watney, I guess, saw his respiratory rate get raised, and that's why he uh, went and got tested and obviously tested positive. So anything uh any benefit to be able to kind of can kind of tell early if someone might have that and help out as far as limiting the amount of guys that are positive out here can you tell like a difference if something like with all the stats and everything that it gives you or how how has it been so far the whoop band uh, i mean it's been good obviously some of the recoveries like so based on your strain so if your strain's high one day and you don't get a lot of sleep your recovery is going to be pretty low the next day um, if your strain's fairly low and you get a lot of sleep, your recovery is going to be high. I mean, so yeah, I mean, you can tell a little bit of difference. Um, sometimes I feel like strain might be higher or lower than what the whoop's saying, but obviously, I mean, it tracks, I mean, your heart rate and everything as you go. So we'll trust it for now. I was going to start, I was going to save the 
golf stuff for last, but I guess since we're talking about it, we'll keep going. What, uh, how long have you been caddying for uh, Grayson and how many years have you been out on the, uh, on the tour for? Uh, so this week will be my 12th event with Grayson. Uh, started him, started with Grayson at the start of this year. Um, he finished seventh at final stage and I was kind of in the midst of uh, switching bags per se. And we had a couple of buddies, uh, some PGA Tour guys, uh, Matt Neesmith, and a couple of guys he lives with and plays with down in Sea Island that kind of hooked us up and said that we would probably work pretty well together. Um, this is my third full year out on tour. Uh, I did a little bit. This is my third year on the Comfrey Tour, and I did like nine events on the PGA Tour at the end of last season. How uh, third year on the Corn Ferry Tour, how has that been? I think obviously with pretty much playing the same courses, maybe not this year with all the with the times that we're in, but how was it? Obviously, it's, that's got to help the course familiarity and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely uh, speeds your preparation process up as far as that goes, and especially – with Grayson being a rookie out here, I mean, he has a bunch of buddies out here, so it's not like he's getting no information from them. But definitely, definitely helps, I mean, his comfortability knowing that I've seen most of the golf courses. I mean, now we're in a stretch of golf here after post-COVID where, I mean, four of the six golf courses that we've played so far have not been Corn Ferry Tour events before. So it's definitely a little more preparation work for both of us um, seeing new golf courses. I've been on the golf course here in San Antonio, um, Caddied Canada Q School last year here on the same golf course. So this week will be a little more familiar for me, which will be nice. Kind of get to see some holes and kind of know what you're doing before you get out there and have to have to walk in and do all your prep work. But yeah, so it's definitely nice getting back to golf courses that I've seen before. What kind of challenges did, you know, switching bags and getting with Grayson and him being a rookie and then obviously, you know, everything shutting down. The kind of challenges that not only becoming a rookie's uh, caddy is, but then also, you know, trying to gain just that rapport with him and him being able to trust you and things like that. Was there anything that you guys were able to do, um, you know, other than just, I guess, talking on the phone or texting or something like that, or that just kind of have to happen organically and just happens as it happens or, or kind of explain to us how that went, you know, because a lot of that obviously has to happen for you guys to, uh, to be successful in the tour. Yeah, so, uh, so I, yeah, I mean, I literally met him in the Bahamas at our first event. Um, and, I mean, it was – I mean, your first event going into the Bahamas and it blowing 30 miles an hour is not exactly a very fun <laughs> to start out as a caddy because, obviously, I mean, there's going to be wins that you get wrong, clubs that you get wrong. You're going to come up short. You're going to hit it a little long at some point during the week. I mean, it's just kind of inevitable whenever you get – wins like that on a golf course and I mean so getting used to that I mean was good we started out we finished top 25 the first two weeks so kind of a good kickoff I mean obviously we there were a couple shots we would like to take back and a couple things we wish we would have done differently but obviously I mean if anyone's looked at his stats the last three years in Canada I mean he's super consistent so when you step into something like that it's kind of it's not as much trying to help him as much just you're just out there course management and just making sure he's comfortable because guys like that who hit it that good yeah I mean when they're playing good the best thing you can do is just stay out of their way and watch them do their thing and so as far as that goes I mean it's been a super easy transition um he's really easy to work for 
super down to earth and super, I mean, he just likes to go out. He likes to play golf. He doesn't love to practice a ton. Um, and I mean, <laughs> nice. the, results, the results you see, I mean, are pretty consistent every week, week in, week out. So it's just making sure we stay focused, making sure that we're playing a little more conservative than probably he would like. I mean, he's, he's broken 60 twice, so he definitely knows how to take it low and uh, likes to do that. So I might have to back him off of firing from a couple pins, but that's about it. Uh, everything else, I mean, he's played golf before. So that's the thing. When you start working for those guys, it's, it's pretty easy. Um, you just got to keep doing your thing and make sure you don't get complacent out here. That's the big thing. Yeah, he's 20th on the points list this year, uh, so that's good. Um, because top 10 get the tour cards or conditional status for PGA tour next uh, year, or how yeah, do I, so, I'm always confused by what, what it so is. Typically, typically it's top 25 at yeah. the end of the year, get their tour card. Um, so this year with the, with everything with COVID, they're combining this season with next season because okay. they don't kick the guys off the PGA tour who haven't had a full shot and a full season to be out there. So this year, like the events we're playing now, which will end in like October, I think there's going to be like 24 total events will be combined with next year and all the events they have. So at the end of next season, there'll be 25 tour cards given out. And then there's also 25 cards given out in the playoffs next year with the bottom 75 guys that come from the PGA tour. So the top 75 on the corn Ferry tour and the bottom 75 on the PGA tour, 125 to one or 125 to 200 will play in the playoffs. And the 25 guys that have already gotten their cards won't be eligible to get another one. So there'll be basically 50 cards given out next year. But if you finish in the top 10 at the end of this season, the shortened season, you'll be eligible to get some PGA tour starts next year. You won't get any status, but obviously if you go win or, get enough points to get conditional temporary membership out there you're eligible for unlimited unlimited sponsor exemption the rest of the season if you make if you earn enough points in those limited starts gotcha yeah i knew there was something with the top 10 about next year and like tour starts because you kind of got to reward the guys that played well this year Correct. like it's they're basically be more of a financial yeah like exemption basically it's here go play a couple of PGA tour events, try and make some big checks. Here's your reward. And then hopefully those same 10 will probably be in the top 25 to get their cards that next season. Gotcha. Gotcha. Get the, I understand that there. All right. So why we're having you on is JP who we've had on the show before when he went to the masters for Tigers win last year, he's friends with uh, Coleman. He got us in touch. He texted me saying, a picture of you on when you were on NBC sports network. I think it was June 21st. It was airing. Um, and he's like, Hey, this is my buddy. He's playing cornhole right now on NBC. Check it out. And I was like, Oh, this is first of all, when someone tells me like that, my first instinct is all right, we got to see if he could come on the show just because we could talk to him with something different. That's what I go to there. So we started texting about it. How did you get into explain how the whole, your whole cornhole thing, uh, do you, should I call it cornhole or should I call it bags? I don't know. I, I'm a cornhole guy. Yeah, I know absolutely. people in the South are bags. Yeah, people in the South and people from, like, Illinois and Iowa, they love to call it bags out there. They'll go to their grave on it. But, uh, but no, so, I mean, like, four and a half years ago, uh, I was in the winter. I was in an off season and 
we were just back home and at our home golf course, there was like a cornhole league going on in like the ballroom, like every Tuesday. And me and my dad heard about it and we're like, ah, oh, we're like decent backyard players. Like we'll show up and we'll see how we do. We go the first week and there are these two guys who had won like six weeks in a row and we got absolutely smoked. We're like, wow, these people like, do this seriously like they go to tournaments all the time and so like we started hanging out with those guys and I think those the guys that won it the first week we were there they won like 21 weeks straight and then finally me and my dad like ended up beating them one week um and so it's been yeah it's been four and a half years now never really took it seriously until about a year and a half ago last year I had a really good season out on tour and so I didn't really do anything in the off season. So I decided to travel a lot and play a bunch of tournaments and start to practice a little bit more. And I mean, I had thrown at the advanced level and played against some really good players who you've seen on TV and had some competitive games with them, but it was always like, if I beat them, it was like one of those monumental wins where now it's kind of to the point where I expect to be in those games all the time. I expect to win a couple of those games and so, yeah, so it's been fun. The last year and a half has been a, a lot of really good progress. Um, got to practice a lot and kind of take my, taking my game to the next level. So it was nice to get a TV opportunity. So what's, what's like the training regimen look like? Like, is it literally just you, you know, getting some beanbags and, and just playing cornhole? I mean, is there anything, anything special that you had to change or that you had to add to your uh, regimen in order to get, you know, in shape or get game ready for, for tournaments? Um, so, I mean, as far as like physically, no, not really. I mean, you're not doing anything different. I mean, you might stretch your wrist out a little bit. <laughs> but other, other than that, I mean, you're not doing anything physically. Um, but it was just getting, it was getting reps. It was getting experience against good players, feeling comfortable in those games and for me, so I used to stand still, like at the start, like at the front of the board and just kind of throw from like a stationary position. Um, mm -hmm. And over quarantine, I started like stepping through my shot. So like I start standing still, but my, I actually finish across the line, like across the foul line. But like if the bag's released before, before you, your foot lands, it's a legal throw. Um, and so like I always struggled in doubles I was fine because I always threw with my hand over the board and my bag stayed pretty flat but so in singles I would tend to struggle when my hand got on the outside of the board and I would throw a little bit of a hook so that me stepping through kind of helped flatten my bag out and that kind of was like a big change for me as far as like the level I threw on as far as singles went um, I always found myself struggling from one side of the board and then that little step through kind of eased some of the tension on your arm and then also just helped flatten my bag out. So that was kind of something that I changed in the past year. But other than that, it's just getting experience and feeling comfortable in bigger games and kind of just learning different shots. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So what, like, what are the different shots that you have or that, that are possible um, in, in different situations? And when, and when would you use those shots? Yeah. So <clears throat> A lot of people that play like recreationally, they just throw like the typical like corn bags that have the white dust in them and get all over the board, mm -hmm. get all over your hands. Um, so those are actually like illegal in all of competitive cornhole. Uh, so okay. the bags we throw have like a resin in them and they all have like a sticky like suede side and they have like a slide side. 
So you have mm-hmm. two sides of the bags. So obviously you can throw blockers with like the sticky side. And so say you have a bag in front of the hole and I just want to push it in. I'll throw the slide side and that'll pick up both bags and take them both in. Um, if I throw a blocker and you miss your next shot, I might try and air mail over top of it. So I'll throw mine directly in the hole. Um, and now some of the guys that are, I mean, I would say the top 10 to 15 guys in the world are all developing like this flop shot. So like if you have a bag in front of the hole, they'll throw the bag with the front of the bag kind of facing up in the air. So the back of the bag hits first and it kind of like the back of the bag catches and it like tumbles over the other bag. So instead of having to air mount it directly in the hole, it'll land behind it and kind of just tumble over it and leave your bag there. And worst case, the bag's going to like flop on top of your bag and still be kind of a blocker. So it's a little yeah. bit of a safer shot, but some of the guys are perfecting it and it's kind of, I mean, it's, pretty much unbeatable like guys who are hitting roll shots it's, i mean you can't do anything against it other than make every single bag now now i've seen shots where like like if this is a bag it's you know like this and it rolls is that a shot that's used quite a bit or not really that's the shot that kind of everyone's developing oh that's the one that they're getting right now yeah, okay so, so it'll land a little bit flatter but it'll end up doing that rolling motion over the top yeah and okay it's yeah i mean it's because it's not going to push that bag that's already in front and it just kind of right. flops over and then falls in so i don't know if you saw any of this stuff on espn like the last couple weekends oh yeah uh, but one of the top players noah wooten he just won the singles championship and he hit a pretty nasty flop shot against jamie graham who's like a, he's the number one player in the world right now and it, now is he is he the one that he put like four in the hole like five row five turns in a row or something like that i think he did that a couple weeks yeah. ago as well might have been Jamie. Uh, I know in the doubles, James Baldwin in his semifinal and final matches made 38 out of 40 bags, which was insane. I mean, when you're yeah. playing, I mean, you're in the, I mean, you're in the pro invitational, which is $12,000 to win as a team. Uh, I mean, to do that on the big stage is pretty sweet. It's pretty nice being his partner, throwing back to him, knowing he's going to make it. <laughs> What's the so he made 30 out of 40? What's the most you made out of 40? Uh, so during quarantine, we did these virtual games, so that's how we kept throwing during quarantine. Is so you would like we would all sign up for a tournament online and you would go on Facebook Live and you would throw so you'd throw four bags and you would throw them down and back 10 times, so you'd be throwing 40 bags and obviously three points if it's in, one point if it's on, and you would just total your score up and whatever your score was against the other person's score. That's how we did the brackets. So 120 was a perfect score. Uh, in one of my virtual games, I made my first 39 and I missed my 40th bag. I hung it on the hole and <laughs> nobody had thrown a perfect game in quarantine and I hung it. And so that was kind of a bummer. Um, so I threw a 118, but so that was definitely my uh, best best virtual feat for sure uh in game i don't know what my record is uh it's probably in the mid 20s i would say uh in game it's a little harder just because guys are throwing blockers and you know you can just go in with every bag but uh but yeah so that was kind of cool 39 in a row was fun i wish i would have made the last one i thought i made it when i threw it but so how do you balance i guess the the cornhole and then the the corn fairy tour how do you manage both tours uh so that's the one thing with cornhole that I wish could be different, but I would never trade my 
job out here on the Corn Ferry Tour yeah. for it. Is So in the ACL, the American Cornhole League, I can't turn pro because I can't get to enough of the national events to maintain my pro status because of my travel out here. Um, so, like, I wish I could turn pro in Cornhole, but that'll just have to wait until I'm done with this, if that ever becomes a possibility. Um, but – I mean, I try and in the off season, I'll play. I mean, there was a time last year, I think I'd played 21 tournaments in 18 days in the off season, just because I didn't have anything else going. I mean, I would travel an hour and go throw in a blind draw somewhere. Um, but when we're on the road and obviously COVID's kind of killed a lot of this, but when we're on the road, I can pretty much find a tournament in any city that we're in. Um, I'll just find the regional directors that run the ACL stuff and, most most of the times there's some sort of weeknight thing at a bar or something going on that I can go throw in. So were you ever good at something else that kind of like, like are you a good bowler or like a good ski ball player or anything like that? Or is it just like you were just like good at, at, at Cornell? Because I feel like Cornell is one of those where like literally any guy can be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And that's kind of what you did. But then you did, you know, end up going and putting in the work and training for it as well. Uh, and traveling around and playing in tournaments. But like like I said, is there anything else that you were kind of good at that has that kind of same tossing motion or anything like that? No. So that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm a very average bowler. Um, a lot of the guys – so what you've seen a lot in Cornhole now is you'll see a lot of the professional horseshoe players uh, mm. that kind of converted and kind of taking the stress off their arms, and now a lot of them are playing Cornhole. Um, the kid that I throw with, he's my partner that I threw with on TV. He's 19. Um, but he used to be like a nationally ranked Quates player. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of converted from that and he has kind of same throwing motion. So you do see a lot of people convert from other like tossing or throwing sports. And there is a lot of good bowlers. Uh, we have a guy, he's from like the Philly, Delaware area who has like 22, 300 games and but he's also like a top cornhole player so yeah you do you do see a little bit of that for sure but so, not me <laughs> so do you think like the tv events they've made of people be like oh i want to like see if i could do it like see how, how i stack up against and there's more people playing competitive cornhole than i don't know say five ten years ago oh for sure yeah. uh, i mean i would say Four to five years ago, there was maybe a thousand people playing competitive cornhole, like maybe. And if you told someone that you did that, they were probably they looked at you with like six eyes. Now they might just look at you with four. <laughs> um, but no, I mean for sure the purses have gone up, so it's made it a little bit more enticing for younger players to get involved. I mean, you see some guys like. I would say five of the top 20 players in the world are under 20 and they do this full time. They have their sponsors and they're making their money. I mean, obviously they're still probably living at home and obviously it's feasible for them because sponsors are covering a little bit of travel and they're making sufficient money. I mean, for a 20 year old, that probably would have looked pretty good back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, the goal, I guess, is to get in the Olympics in 2028. Um, but you need a pretty sufficient amount of countries playing on a competitive level to do so. So I think that may be a touch of a stretch. I mean, I think eventually it could get there, but I mean, yeah, it's definitely picked up levels with the ESPN broadcasts and everything else that's gone on with it. Um, I mean, 
it's been talked about by some other pro athletes like Jed Jorko. Um, he plays for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of trick shot stuff with ACL. Uh, Mazdaval just commented on one of the posts the other day and said he's going to get in the throw-in because uh, ACL had reached a million dollars donated. So he had commented on a post for them. But, yeah, it's been, it's been cool. There's been some celebrities that have been at a couple nationals. Uh, we had one in Miami. A couple Dolphins players came out. Uh, it's been on uh, – I know Jenny Finch did a video at her house, and a couple of the pros had to go and help film that. So, yeah, it's been cool. It's got some exposure. And, I mean, it got better ratings than uh, MLB the first weekend it was ever on ESPN like three or four years ago. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. So you said you can't uh, turn pro because you – don't play in a certain you, you don't play in enough events how many events do you have to play in to to go to turn pro so there's like so the way the point system works um there's like your local events which are just like your blind draws at like a bar or like just a local weeknight event that you can play in and so it takes your top 10 events of those so usually i mean your good players will max that out and then there's regional events which are just like so you go and it's like on a weekend or whatever and you'll play doubles you'll play singles and you get points for that and it takes your top five out of so like you can only use one each month so say you win two regionals in february that doesn't count as two you only get one of those and it takes your top five out of the 10 months we play the season goes on and then conferences which is like so i'm in the mid east conference which is pennsylvania and ohio uh, it takes your top two out of three events there. And then they have five nationals each year. And it takes your top one out of five nationals for your total points. But if you're a pro, you have to commit to getting to three of the five national events. And obviously with COVID, that's changed this year. But a normal year, you have to make it to three of them as a, to be pro and maintain your status. What's uh what are the, like the, the actual specifications of, uh, of cornhole? Like how, how long, how wide are the boards? How much do the bags weigh? How far apart are they? Uh, so 27 feet front to front. Uh, front to front. Okay. Board. I don't know the exact bag weight, but there is one. There's definitely qualifications for that. I now is there like a, is there, is there like a grace period? Like, could it be like anywhere from like six to eight ounces or is it like, yeah, you know, yeah, a specific, no, there's a grace period for sure. Because some, some bags are like a touch smaller. So, uh-huh. like, so Reynolds, obviously like, so Reynolds is what I throw. It's a little bit smaller bag. It's a little bit stickier bag. Um, so like guys who like the block a little bit will typically throw Reynolds uh, then there's like all cornhole, which has like the game changers and the slide rights, which are a little bit faster bag. Um, but yeah, so there's all different types. Uh, the ACL has like a ACL approved bag list. So companies that are on that, everything they produce pretty much gets put onto that and you can throw any of the bags that are on the ACL approved bag list. Right on. Okay, cool. And then what about like the, the, is there like a special material? I mean, obviously most of the boards are all like wood, but I know I'm getting like super technical, but I got to, I got to set up in my garage. And if you just got to train for a couple months and I'm not doing anything right now, except coaching baseball and working from home, I might start getting this left arm warmed up a little <laughs> bit. See, 
Maybe I'd see you on a Devils tour or something somewhere. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean, most of the boards are just finished a uh, certain way. I mean, I would have to talk to yeah. somebody who made boards. I don't know exactly what they finished them with and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, there's like, there's definitely, it's not your wood boards that you find at just like a backyard picnic. Um, right. They're like direct printed and totally finished so that they're smooth. And most of them are relatively the same speed. Obviously, humidity changes the speed of the boards a lot when you have them finished like that. Uh, mm -hmm. so if you're throwing outside in Florida, it's totally different than throwing inside in the air conditioning. So right. if you're throwing outside in Florida, you're going to want to throw faster bags because the boards are going to be significantly slower. And if you're throwing inside in the AC, uh, you're going to want to throw some slower bags because I mean, the boards just, they get really fast, uh, whenever that you get in those non-humid conditions. So that's, the biggest, that's the biggest difference as far as like that stuff goes, like something that normal people throwing backyard cornhole wouldn't ever think of yeah no for sure yeah definitely not just a couple more questions before uh, we let you leave been very generous with your time so do you carry your boards and bags with you on the road with or do you just uh so for me when i have my car with me on the road i have what's called a skinny board it's literally just the middle of the board to like i don't know maybe a foot and a half wide section with the hole in the same spot it would be but you don't get the like the width of it. Um, so I travel with my skinny board in the back seat and it's just a board that you practice on. Uh, it obviously helps keep you down the middle because like if you throw a bag that's going to hook or cut it all, like it's going to hit and fall off the side of that board because it's just not wide enough for a bag that moves left to right or right to left. So just, uh, just some stuff to help me practice. And obviously with that board, I can throw some air mails on it and just kind of work on some stuff. But I mean, it's tough. I mean, we Airbnb a lot out here. So if we get a little bit of a backyard, I'll set it up. The guys have thrown on it. So it's pretty funny to see some of, some of the guys out here throw on it and some of my buddies. And they're just happy if they make a couple. I bet that was going to be my next thing is I bet you must uh, – are you allowed to play against your buddies because they know you're, you're, you're the ringer and it's not fair? Do you have to do like a – do they got to give you – do you have to get handicapped down? No, so we played in Utah, and uh, our one buddy, Dave, he was throwing pretty good out in Utah. So, he, I mean, he was holding his own, scoring against me a little bit. And obviously, we're throwing, throwing the corn bags. But, uh, but, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I enjoy it. I like helping everybody else out and getting to throw and just be competitive. I mean, that's the thing. I played college golf for a year, but Cornell's kind of taken over my competitive side. So, I don't really play golf anymore. I don't really enjoy playing golf anymore. So this is kind of just taking over and this is just what I do now. So it's, yeah, it's fun. I like throwing against my buddies and helping everybody else get better. And it's always fun to hustle people at a bar too. Where'd you play oh, yeah, a college good. golf at? Uh, I played at McDaniel. It's division three school in Maryland. Uh, used to be Western Maryland. Played there for a year and uh, transferred out and just played club golf for a year. I transferred to Westchester University, played there for, played club golf there and, and just uh, kind of got out of it. Just, uh, Are you a Maryland guy? I'm not. I'm from Pennsylvania, South Central PA, uh, Harrisburg area. I mean, not far from Maryland at all. I mean, I can get to the border in 35 minutes. Uh, where I went, McDaniel was like an hour from my house. Gotcha. I'm a Redskins fan, so that's why I asked. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Washington like, football team, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah Washington football team, yeah. Uh, uh, Ryan, do you have anything else before we let uh, Colton go? No, I think that was it. You know, that's some good stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the kind of behind-the-scenes cornhole stuff. I know my questions kind of got a little technical, but that's just the way I like to look at things sometimes, just, you know, knowing behind-the-scenes type stuff and, and, you know, what what kind of work goes into it. 
and, and things like that. So that's, that's super cool. I mean, I'm sure that you probably get, uh, I don't know if you've ever, got, does any, any of your, like when you're out at a bar or whatever, you said, you know, you're hustling guys. That's exactly what I would do if I was any good at it. Um, yeah. But do you ever get the, the, like, the dude bro that wants to step up and be like, oh, you're on the, you're on the pro tour? Well, here, let me show you what's up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's my favorite. Uh, I mean, I'll, yeah. you'll let them talk for a little bit and I'll be like, I'll spot you 20 and I'll play you for 100. Like, like you just name the price. I'll spot you 20. Whatever you want to play for, we'll play for. And yeah, it's great. I mean, does that happen in the Delco area a lot, I'm assuming? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely, definitely the Delco area. They've, they've got some guys who love to talk for sure. Went to yeah. school with my other. But no, it's fun. I mean, you'll be out on the road. And, I mean, I'll tell somebody that I'll play them straight up and I'll throw between my legs. And I have a trick shot. And so I'll throw, literally throw the bag between my legs and play somebody to 21. It's pretty fun. That's awesome. <laughs> that is pretty That's fun. awesome. That is pretty yeah. funny. All right, Colton. Well, thank you for joining us on this Monday night. Very generous with your time. And good luck on, uh, on the Cornhole Tour this year. And then good luck with Grace and the rest of the year. You guys are in good spot to maybe get to top 10 so far. So I'll, we'll be following uh, along the rest of the way. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for your guys' time. And uh, I'll tell JP you guys said hello. And uh, it's been fun. Hopefully uh, we can have a good week here in San Antonio before we take a week off. And then uh, we'll get after it in the playoffs. Yep. All right. Thanks. And we'll be back on Friday. A lot of talk about it on Friday, Ryan. A lot of talk about it. Yeah. All right. Yep. So we'll be back on Friday.